on this episode of Vogel. This type of like seeing different personalities and different uh, um, profiles in nightlife kind of made it more inclusive and more of a safe space to people who were different and like who were not, uh, who did not feel um, welcome yeah. before. Our sense of community comes from the fact that like we're not trying to be excluded from the from society in general. It's like part of kind of bri building bridges between both worlds. When you yeah. come and you watch the room, it brings like six friends. That's gonna be a good time. I yeah, of course. Like, I mean, like yeah. it's hilarious. Exactly. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a movie where you can go with your friends because you can talk and like still follow the plot. Yeah. Whereas like what plot? <laughs> <laughs> Anna, Anna, I remember the first time I think I ever like saw you was in Dex. Like oh, I was yeah, yeah a few like five, six years ago. Okay. Maybe it was like the third time I went to Dex. Okay. And you came up to me with the microphone. Oh my god. <laughs> and I was and I was so drunk. Yeah. And it was like I just turned 18 and I had no idea what was wow, going on. Okay. So I'm like, who the fuck is this guy interviewing me? So I, <laughs> I sprint away. I used to run away from you too because I'm like, yeah. if, if if they get me at that state on camera, like it's 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 goodbye college, goodbye future employment. <laughs> You're not alone. No, yeah, don't worry. to be fair, <laughs> I thought people, yeah. I thought at first like, oh my god, like, who the fuck is this weirdo? And then I kept on going to the X. And then I kept on seeing See? you. I'm like, oh, okay. Then it's like, there's something okay, there. There's something there. Yeah. I first thought you were just a random guy who was like, okay, I'm going to go interview random people. <laughs> <laughs> How did the whole Dex idea uh, start? Um, it actually, it was uh, Olivier's idea. Olivier is uh, one of the owner organizers of Dex. Uh, he used to have um, Behind the Green Door as well. With, uh, yeah, that's the Maram Khail. Right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So uh, when they started Dex, uh, and I used to come a lot and everything, so... Basically, he wanted to do something with me because he was interested in my point of view uh, at parties because, like, I don't have the same experience as other people, you know, due to my size and everything. So we wanted to have this kind of... Um, he pitched it to me. He wanted to have this kind of... Um, um, point of view for for, for 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 like for his party and well it didn't work out completely because you know logistically it doesn't really work uh, with the camera and like with the people and everything but like the whole concept of Larry Does Dex became a promotional um, aspect for Dex on the Beach eventually so and uh, to be honest uh, it, it was a fun thing to do for me like I was always excited to try new things when it comes to nightlife I mean, I've been working in nightlife uh, since 2012 yeah so um, um, it was interesting when he pitched it to me because uh, um, it was kind of promotional to me as well you know as a figure so mm. <laughs> okay mm -hmm. that, that sounded very pretentious <laughs> you know as this, promoting uh, my brand you know yeah. as johnny dub says as a <laughs> figure God. yeah exactly. exactly no fa yeah i mean it was uh, it was fun to do and like we worked with um uh, rabia saloom on the questions as well and the topics and everything and uh, people were responsive and uh, of course there's a level of um um, of respect to people like we don't show stuff that uh, yeah, people don't I didn't want <laughs> yeah of course I mean at the end of the day we're in Lebanon as well so, mm. um, so you could so I could have been drunk off my face and then be like no I don't want that yeah, shit yeah I mean that was that was uh, <laughs> such a pain in the ass when people would send us messages the next day but um, like most of the time whenever someone told us to uh, like they they didn't want to be in cameras mm. And, mm. Yeah. Would you, do you remember anything that was like really bad that someone once said and then it was like um, I think there was a guy who was 
I'm gonna assume he was drunk because um, we're in Lebanon and like mm. we don't do other stuff. Of course, so yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we don't. No, so, there's only yeah. alcohol. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, of course. Yeah. So um, he was not making any sense. He was talking like I asked him something about um, um, <laughs> so, um, um, physique or something, and like he kept talking about physics and like elaborating and elaborating and. Oh, he gave you a physics lesson. Yeah. And, okay. And I was like, and I. I mean, usually I know my cue and I know how to like give people their cue. I mean, like you know, cut them off or something Just like that in up. a very yeah. nice, cutesy way. But like, I, it was at the same time very interesting and super awkward. So I didn't like know how to react. And the next day, he sent us a message uh, that he didn't want to be on camera. We were like, "Yeah, yeah. you're not we gonna know. be on camera anyway." <laughs> <laughs> Nobody wants you on camera. There's something nice about that. It's like watching a car crash. Like you can't keep your eyes off of it you oh, know what yeah, I mean? like, it's awful but like you you're still looking at it like you know <laughs> exactly. yeah so no i can imagine you must have gotten so much but like the lebanese nightlife because that's the thing about you it's something lebanese night lebanese nightlife is unbelievable <laughs> and that's the thing about you i always see you in nightlife yeah and i've always been curious like are you permanently involved in nightlife but then i know that you're also involved in media and you love film and fashion it's like are you several different things or is it just, I don't you know. Basically he's asking, what do you do? I, yeah, what do I <laughs> do? Basically. Well, nowadays, whenever someone asks me, what do I do, uh, what I do, I mean, I usually say I'm a comedian. Um, but I think like um, in Lebanon, especially, um, uh, everything is uh, intertwined. Like, you know, f the fashion scene, the nightlife scene. Yeah. Um, the film industry like we all at the end of the day we meet at nightlife and nightlife is kind of this um, um, common ground for all the other industries like to it's it's a melting pot at the end of the day so um, I was considered a nightlife ambassador up to uh, <laughs> recently mm -hmm. when it kind of stopped mm -hmm. um, but like um, 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 I it I don't know. I like I'm, I'm a comedian, but like I do, I do all all sorts of things. I'm, I know everyone. Everyone knows me. Um, it's it is just fun to be around people. I love being around people. It's not it's not about like being famous or anything or like having people know me or something like that. Um, it's just like I'm I'm a very social person and like being in these contexts actually um, inspire me to uh, to 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 do more and more and like I want to do more of everything basically. So, uh, yeah, I think, I don't know. Yeah, you work basically in a lot of fields. And it's so interesting what you said that the Lebanese, first of all, like artists in Lebanon, all of them, regardless of what art form they're trying to do, they have this communal feeling. And yeah, thinking exactly. about it now, mm. nightlife was what brought all these artists exactly. together and what used to allow people to branch out or show or share their work with other people. And it's just sad right now that it's totally disintegrated because of Corona and then the bomb. Yeah, I mean, Corona, yeah, was kind of a bitch when it came to this, but like, yeah, the blast, of the course. Blast. Um, because uh, we lost most of the important club that we yeah. have. And they, they weren't just clubs to me. They were like safe spaces where... That, but they were inclusive. I mean, and this inclusive vibe, we've worked on it since day one when people different like me uh, starting getting involved in nightlife. I'd kind of shaped it up in a different way than what we knew before, like the 90s. The 90s, for example, uh, and like early 2000s, the only club I would uh, be allowed in basically was the basement. 
and Jade took this uh, like uh, this safe space and like um, uh, put it to factory and uh, um and like all the uh, the clubs and events managed by the Grand Factory. So um. When I started working, like with, but because my first um, nightlife gig was basically with Uber House when they were still in Hamra. Yeah, they had yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I was their candy man. Basically, I remember so I, I went in there yeah. like I was underage. I had a fake ID and I oh, felt okay. like so edgy. I went inside. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I'm in the Uber House. Blacklist. <laughs> yeah, by the way, you should have admitted that. But okay. Uh, yeah, it's okay. No, they got me now. They yeah. got me now. <laughs> You're too old now, yeah. Uh. <laughs> so uh, and like this type of like seeing different personalities and different. Uh, um, profiles and nightlife kind of made it more inclusive and more of a safe space to people who were different and like who would not, uh, who did not feel um, welcome yeah. before. So, um, um, what was I saying? No, you're what talking about it? like uh, how nightlife basically. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, like the inclusivity. This is what, exactly. Inclusivity. This is what actually, um, this is what interests me in nightlife, especially in Lebanon. It's basically there are, they are some of the few safest space in yeah. Lebanon that exist and yeah, where we can people, be free yeah. and like united under music and under good vibes basically. and you were talking about like Jade and I think you and Jade have a very close relationship he's we, your, we, your good yeah, friends kind of, and he yeah. also he also helped I feel in my opinion especially from 2010 onwards really helped pioneer the nightlife scene in Lebanon and give a different taste to it because before that there was only BO18 that was like really mainstream when it comes to that I think Grand Factory, Sionexat, now yeah. Arm, Second Son, along with Uber House, really helped uh, promote and change exactly. lifestyle, the scene in Lebanon. I fully agree. I mean, like before, when I when I used to go to the basement, I, Jade was very genuine about mm -hmm. like his space and everything. And like when Sionexat uh, started after that. Um, it showed how genuine he was because, like, uh, this is what he believes in. Uh, to, to him, uh, okay, of course, it might be a business because, like, he's employing a lot of people. But like this whole professional team of people, and I've worked with them. I um, it's it it's kind of a family to them. It's not just like you know this uh, employer employee kind of vibe. So, I think they are basically the people who kind of took nightlife into the next level in Lebanon and made it safe for everyone and Uber House of course they're they they're part of the people who kind of elevated the the quality in music as well with the with the Uber House and Garten yeah. that's so interesting because I didn't know it was like a conscious decision you know what I, I maybe because you know I started going clubbing around 2010s and everything but I just assumed that clubs are always safe spaces and people oh, yeah. always go under and it would be communal and who cares what sect or how you are or how you look but i didn't know that that was a conscious decision to ah, to yeah. try to make it more inclusive it's it's not really a conscious decision it's basically it's just realizing that there are other profiles than mm. the ones we're used to and when you you're part of the profiles we're used to like you for example you don't have this um i mean naturally i mean you don't have this uh need to know that oh there are other people as well who are not welcome usually in, in these spaces so the conscious decision was not really conscious it's just like um a woke culture done right but like at the, at the same time realizing that the norm is bigger than 
this crowd that uh, that can pass everywhere. I mean, you guys pass pretty much everywhere. I can now. I can because I mean, I kind of earned it as well. I mean, you uh, helped inspire that change as well. I was part of the people yeah. who actually yes, I I agree. I mean, I mean, seeing me everywhere and everything, um, combining this whole queerness and. Uh, Uh, straight uh, mix uh, uh, alongside a lot of other uh, actors in the in the field um yes i think it it we, we kind of change it into a way where we feel included without actually um uh, excluding the others who were privileged before it's mm. just like making them intertwining kind of combining yeah, exactly like making people realize uh, they're privileged uh, Um, because they don't have to worry about these things whenever they go clubbing and making them realize that there are other people who have to worry about these things I mean whenever they want to go everywhere so yeah, yeah I think it's cool because like for me in my case I think I just I started clubbing in Lebanon when I was like 17 2013 okay. and I think that was when it really started picking off because I think see you next that we're throwing parties and not there was another place I think near Marm Khail stereo kitchen not stereo kitchen uh, uh. kitchen electric kitchen ah, that place, that place. Yeah. and then the, when we went to university we all went abroad but then every time I'd come back that was when they started settling in Grand Factory yeah and the more and more I would come back to Lebanon because I'd go for like six months and then come back the more and more I'd see people from our age group becoming more free-spirited more like outspoken not caring about how they dress for instance people who dress in extravagant ways and not being afraid that society is going to judge them in a certain way And yeah, it was cool seeing that. And now it's just sad because, all, as we said, all these hubs are totally destroyed right now. So I don't know how the future, like how society is going to, re- how the younger generation is going to react like that when it comes to free spiritedness and continue that movement going forward. Well, um, I mean, I wouldn't worry much about the future generation and the next generation because they're much, to me, they're much more aware and they're, um, I mean, I don't want to be misquoted on that, but I think they're, slightly more privileged than us millennials and uh and late boomers because um i mean us millennials for example we've had a lot of like we faced a lot of hardships when it when it when it came to that and that is uh, even if you take into consideration the work of the veterans for example in in it, and i'm talking here strictly queerness for example about queers but like Um, the next generation, they're more open to things. They're they they they're more exposed to things. They don't need like a certain a certain things to be happening in order to make things happen. They're 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 the Pinterest generation. They're the TikTok generation. They don't really need a certain um, pattern in order to uh, follow or anything. It's just like any basically any gathering can be a party to them and whatever. Um, to us, it's a I mean to me. I'm not gonna talk about anyone else. To me, I I I miss the big clubs, and to be honest, whenever they're gonna come back, I I will be one of the first people to support them because I want them back. Yeah, they put Beirut on the map uh, in a different way, and like yes, um, of course, the, um, no, not of course, actually. To me, music, the music scene and nightlife scene in Lebanon is as important and as all the other aspects, I think it's one aspects. of the most important factors, especially yeah, over and, the last 10, 20 years. And I think that music and um, like nightlife is a very important cultural aspect to begin with, uh, whether it's in Beirut or anywhere else. It's it's something to be taken into consideration and something that should not be treated lightly. I mean, uh, uh, what 
nightlife did to Lebanon uh, internationally is something to be honestly admired, in my opinion. It's like the cuisine, it's like the the, 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 the tourism and everything. And it, it shouldn't be treated lightly. I mean, I, techno for me is it's important. I love it, and I'm not going to uh, discredit it just because it's trivial compared to the other things to some people. I mean, I don't think of it we as trivial. We had first-hand experience of that when you were in London, when you'd meet people and you're Lebanese. One of the first comments we'd usually get, oh my God, the nightlife scene over there is amazing. They would either reference the dome, which was Uber House Garden at the time, or the bunker, BO18. It was mm. very famous. Mm. I remember many people... No, it's, it's one of our that. greatest... Um, Ex- cultural exports without actually exporting it abroad like people just because when they visit and I have friends from college who've come and visit and stuff they come back saying I want it to be an annual trip okay and, same, same. and of course same. because we have you know a beautiful country and beautiful cuisine yeah, and everything, but course. the main thing they experience is night Nightly. after day after yeah, exactly. night clubbing no, and no, that's clubbing. and that's what really resonated with them and the vibe yeah. we have here we've talked we've spoken about this even in London and stuff the the nightlife vibe here is completely unique i i don't know how to explain it it's like so many things that are against each other and with each other intertwining to create this very weird kind of unique accepting yeah. vibe and it's it's yeah it's unparalleled i don't know i, I haven't really Dude, it's experienced like it the country it's very much like the country bro it contradicts itself in the weirdest of ways but then you come to this whole inclusiveness and everything but you get out of it separation everyone hates everyone everyone wants to kill everyone but then you go party yeah and you love everyone fucking shit yeah and besides like nightlife you're you're also kind of really into media as well film television yeah exactly did that like was that always something you were passionate about i know you had larry screens as well yeah yeah the larry screens was a passion project for me for a while um used to do with my my partner like business partner (laughs) (laughs) glad you clarified that (laughs) we were gonna have several follow-up questions no no, really i'm not uh, with anyone (laughs) everyone Uh, is single yeah you you heard it here first um um it was a passion project but but with a like with a friend that we wanted to have and i i've always loved film i mean um ever since i was a kid i I used to love film and then i was exposed to like auteur uh, auteur, uh, auteur cinema and 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 indies and uh, everything around two th- 2000 2001 2002 when when i was exposed to like all sorts of international mm, foreign language film move like foreign language for it like not in the english language yeah. for america, yeah. <laughs> for america. For america. <laughs> I mean, international cinema is cinema america okay <laughs> yeah. Yeah. no it's not we only have hollywood <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah and uh it it basically to me it has always been um a way to travel without actually traveling it's like discover new worlds alternate universes without leaving your seat and it's something that's very rewarding because when a good movie is good it's really good and when a bad movie is entertaining it's still entertaining yeah. so yeah. but when a bad when a bad movie is bad it's shit shout out to the room the room <laughs> the room is the a top room. one the room yeah the, it's so bad it's good it's <laughs> <laughs> amazing it's, it's, very it's, it's one of those you know how much money it makes those guys a year by the way oh yeah yeah a lot yeah, like yeah. Uh, massive screenings in new york and I every mean, people wait like annually for this yeah, event yeah, yeah, there's yeah. a there's a theater that uh, still shows screens the room on a weekly basis yeah. i forgot oh, wow. which one yeah because okay. if you're if you're not in you know a right state of mind 
with whatever you've taken <laughs> or drank or whatever. And you yeah. come and you watch the room with you brings like six friends. That's going to be a good time. Yeah, of course. I mean, like, yeah. It's hilarious. Exactly. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a movie well. where you can go with your friends because you can talk and like still follow the plot. <laughs> yeah. Whereas, like, what plot? Yeah, I mean, like, you know, like whatever's going on. Yeah. Just scared stare at the screen. Whatever's coming out of Tommy was also Because usually, like, I. I mean, I like going to the movies with my friends, but I, I, my favorite thing is watching movies alone. And there's something I do every time I'm traveling or something like that. I have to go to the movies everywhere I go, basically. Um, and I love it because it's not a social um, activity. It's like you're watching a movie. You need to be focused. You need to, like, I cry a lot. I, I, I get scared a lot. I, I laugh a lot. It's not... So, like, watching The Room with friends, it's perfect because, like, you don't have to, you don't have anything to follow, basically. It's, it's a social activity. And which is why I think this movie is important because, like, it brought best of both worlds. Yeah, <laughs> you, need, you need both sides. Like, if yeah. you're watching a Christopher Nolan, you know, Tenet or something, yeah, I mean, no, ideally, like, no, yeah, no. get away from me, get the fuck <laughs> yeah, out. Exactly. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm concentrating on that. One thing I really liked because when I was when I was looking through your social me- media was the say no to censorship campaign. Ah, yeah. Because that was honestly that's something that's you know very relevant right mm. now because after what's happened, people are speaking mm. out, and for finally the facade <laughs> is kind of over. Yeah. And when I watched yours, it was actually a really comedic way of how you did it, yeah, but it's exactly. so true. Yeah. And you did it in the sense of not really news and reporting news. You did it more for television and film. Yeah. So exactly. you said, well, okay. Uh, the main character, let's say, for instance, yeah. I'm not quoting you exactly, but, yeah. you know, the main character goes to his girlfriend's house. No, that's hype. You're not allowed to go to your girlfriend's exactly. house. <laughs> Boyfriend's house. Are you crazy? You're not allowed to go to your yeah. boy- <laughs> So how did that idea come about? Um, this is actually part of a, um, a, a campaign for Maskun Film, Fest- Film Festival. It's a, it's a genre film festival, basically. It's a Lebanese genre film festival. Uh, they're basically at their fourth edition. Um <clears throat> They approached me after seeing Larry Screens, I think, and their people. I, I mean, I've worked there. It's Alboot Productions. They do like pre-production usually and everything. So um, I've worked on projects they've worked on before. So they, I mean, they know the comedic sense of yeah. it, and so they wanted to do something like that. And we've we've uh, brainstormed together and we've pitched ideas and everything and uh, we've done two seasons actually i mean i've worked on them on two uh, with them on two editions like the third one and the fourth one um and the censorship was part of the fourth one and they basically uh, called the lebanese horror stories basically all the horror stories we face in lebanon i mean put like in a very comedic um, because like eventually at the, at the end of the day i do comedy everything that i'm gonna tackle it's gonna have a spoof uh, yeah the style is gonna be a yeah, humorous yeah. approach yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. and uh, because to me i think like comedy especially when it's done right it's the it it it's the thing that speaks to people yeah, most. it I helps think. raise awareness in the best exactly, way possible you can exactly you no. can like have the the, the weirdest weirdest statement or like the most um, elaborate statement and if you do it like in a comedic uh, way I mean people would actually like, relate mm, to yeah. it and like they would um, bother to follow we've it. spoken about this uh, like I think with Ali Saloum how he also uses comedy to break down like religious stereotypes mm. in Lebanon and raise awareness and I've been reading about like people in the Middle East and mm. Every time I see somebody that's like garnered a big following and that's raising awareness about something, the people that are most successful are the ones that use comedy to yeah. like explain extremism, to make people become more aware about the bad things that they're doing in their everyday life. Yeah, exactly. Because like people like to laugh whenever they're watching something. I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, if, if it's a small video or whatever, I mean, drama doesn't 
uh, affect everyone. Like, not everyone is in the mood for drama all the time, but like a comedy video, you can watch it like while you ha while having lunch or like on a stroll or something. Um, uh, it's the easiest way to access to people's mm. psyche, basically. I mean, yeah, that's true. And even when we were speaking with uh, comedian Noor Hajar, and he oh was yeah. he, he was telling us in the in the '90s that certain comics despite having censorship that was kind of nationwide the only thing you could do when talking about politics or i don't socioculture or religion whatever is kind of spoofing spoofing politics and mocking in a kind of funny charming way and the message is the same thing so mm. that's what that's what intrigues me so if i was to come on now on this podcast and kind of bash one political party and everything that might immediately get banned i might get blacklisted i probably might get beat up and thrown in jail whereas if i you know kind of in a very funny mocking lighter tone do the same message that might be you know it might resonate with a lot more people and i might not get attacked and bashed yeah. for that. so i think that's something that's key to comedy especially here to get the message out yeah yeah i, yeah. Agree. No, um, I agree i agree like something that i was interested in because i saw and something that you were involved in after the bomb happened was that you know you were trying to doing this fundraiser where yeah. you're trying to help people from the LGBTQ and community that were affected by it. And in general, like I didn't feel that mainstream media in Lebanon properly reported about the aftermath of the bomb when it comes to the LGBT community. And yeah, I mean, usually there's never a good time for <laughs> queers in Lebanon, <laughs> whatever's happening. Yeah, yeah, no, it's not the right time for it right now. Um, when the blast happened, um, my friend, who's a club owner, Sandra Menhem, uh, she had the idea of starting a fundraiser because there was nothing basically happening right after to help the queers. Yeah. And uh, when we talk about how helping the queers, we're not talking about like queers like me or like her or anything. I mean, we're privileged enough to not need help. We're talking about like the underprivileged and like a lot of cases that would not be able to um, uh, reach out to uh, mainstream organizations, not queer ones, mm. uh, in, or in order to get help. And uh, they live in like extreme conditions. And so when, I, when we started this, people started reaching out immediately because they felt like it was safe and like having our names attached to it as well. I mean, she she was behind it, but like I, I'm kind of on, on, on the board of it and like I'm, I'm helping out with, yeah. the, with the team of volunteers as well. Um, I'm part of the volunteers. So um, people started reaching out and they like, um, they felt it was like safe to... Uh, they felt comfortable talking to Yeah, they felt to comfortable yeah. talking to people from the, uh, from yeah. the community and like kind of... Uh, uh, asking for help from people in the community, not not having to go through st stuff with people they don't, they've never heard of, or like they're, and uh, it's sad that we still live in a world where we still need to uh, think in terms of like we should be helping the queers and we should be helping. Yeah. The mm. Or helping it's not part of a communal sense yeah. that we should be helping everyone. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. and like our, our sense of community comes from the fact that like we're not trying to be excluded from the from society in general it's like part of kind of 
building bridges between yeah. those bridging worlds. the gap because like if society accepted you guys in the first place there wouldn't need you guys wouldn't need to be doing this we wouldn't all. be needing to talk yeah. about queers yeah. 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 100%. 100%. there wouldn't yeah. be a, need to be a fundraiser specifically, specifically for yeah. one queers. group but rather it can be for everyone yeah, yeah. yeah. and like the fundraiser helped like a lot, uh, people who are not queer as well but like mainly it was for the queers mm. because like it was nobody was helping them yeah, yeah exactly um but yeah i mean like this whole like a lot of people get pissed whenever they hear of initiate initiatives for queers or like when we whenever we are very vocal about queerness and queers and everything but like i mean it's not shoving something down people's throat it's basically visibility and like saying that we exist and we're here and we want that day to come where we will no longer be needing to talk about mm. we're queers and we're here why though like that's always especially in this country i always think about like why do people get pissed about this like what he was just saying religious now. reasons society reasons so and what aboutism and what aboutism mm. like i mean yeah um, um like some of the comments that we got like yeah i mean migrant workers as well have uh I have problems. Why don't you have some? Like, yeah, I mean, but if like every community kind of works because there's no government to take exactly. care, because there's no government to take care of this. If every community actually takes care of the community, they're part of. It's faster. It makes everyone's job easier. It it's makes like, sense. Yeah, it makes <laughs> sense as well. I mean, it's not like uh, it's it it it's not like it's not a cake it's not like we're not trying to uh yeah it's no. funny because divide you, the pie kind yeah. of yeah. it's funny because you're trying to do something to make people feel more ex- include inclusive and then other people outside you are trying to se- to create more divides yeah, exactly, like you're exactly. making even more inclusive no why don't you help these guys so they're trying to split you up even I've more. never und- i've never understood the critique of something especially with online of why aren't you doing that other thing yeah exactly i, I get if you're doing something somebody wants to critique that maybe you've you've done a mistake within the fundraiser and this fine critique that but i hate this rhetoric of why aren't you doing that other thing you know yeah, what I, I, agree, I agree. I've never understood it's that. It's like the answer is very easy. It's like, because I'm doing that one now. After yeah, maybe yeah, I'll do the other thing later, yeah. but now I'm doing this. Why don't you, if you, if you care that much, how about you go do it? Like, <laughs> that's another answer. But yeah. also, also, also we, people do need to realize that the areas that were hit were were very LGBTQ friendly areas, like Mon yeah, and exactly. yeah. They were very inclusive exactly. areas. The hubs like, of where people felt inclusive, like exactly. the club, the clubbing, see the clubbing areas. Bars, nightlife, yeah. exactly. Mon-Kale. And like most of us, like either live there or like work there or like spend their whole day there. Mm. So I mean, because yeah, it's accepting area. Other areas yeah. you might not have that. So yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. But I mean, it's also the heart of the city. Yeah, one hundred percent. No, one hundred percent. And I think it's. Uh, have you guys reached did you guys reach your goal of, of uh yeah 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 and like okay. we we worked on other fundraisers as well i mean like uh um festivals in berlin and uh amsterdam and dublin and stuff like that i mean there were like very cool initiatives in paris as well very cool initiatives um doing fundraisers for us in order to like help also because like with the whole banking system here it's not very easy with the gofundme page so yeah i was gonna like, ask how that works because i've seen a lot of gofundmes but i'm always well, like how's um, that working and yeah i mean i'm, I'm not really yeah, into that, that. i mean it's basically sandra who takes care of all mm. of this so mm. uh yeah but like i mean i was uh, part of like in touch with the organizers of the, fest- the, the the other fundraisers so that part was usually like money was money is sent through people coming to lebanon and stuff like that i mean it's in cash and it's it's different so uh, yeah on a different topic though so you being involved 
as you said, you were very prominent in the nightlife scene over the last decade in Lebanon. Uh, and now you know how we're going through the financial crisis and then most of our clubs were destroyed and coronavirus. When do you see it like things when it comes to clubbing going back to normal or will they go back to normal or will it take time for to, it to go back? To be honest, I don't think anything in Lebanon is going to go back to normal. Yeah. <laughs> That's uh, What was normal to begin with? Uh, yeah, yeah. That, that, I mean, I don't think there's any community in Lebanon that is fully thriving basically in, in anything, especially the marginalized ones. It was never easy for, for any of these communities. Um, for nightlife... We might start, things might start to come back maybe next year or anything, depending on the coronavirus yeah. as well. But uh, I think the whole um, uh, clubbing scene has kind of changed, uh, especially due to the confinement. People like uh, grew fond, uh, like more fond of uh, more intimate gatherings and stuff like that. And so I think this is gonna, it's gonna take a while before, and, and that my, that's my personal opinion. I mean, then again, I mean, I miss big clubs whenever mm, there's I think be, we all do. Whenever there's going to be like a big event, I. Uh, first one there. First one there. First one, yeah, uh. of course, and whenever it's safe <laughs> and everything, I'm going to be one of the first people to go there. But like, I think, in personal opinion, it, for the general public, things have changed. Uh, intimacy in, 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 in nightlife has b- become more of a norm now. So maybe it will take more than we expect but like um, i'm pretty sure at some point when there's something good that's gonna come back people will just and what's great about you is you're someone who really i I feel like because you have such a you know multifaceted cv you're someone if you like something you just go head in and i'm gonna do that and i'm gonna try to create put your heart and soul in it yeah you you, whether it's uh, you know fashion whether it's in cinema whether it's in media whether it's in nightlife and all these kind of aspects that you like and enjoy, there is a really big worry in the future. Like, where are they going to be? How thriving? Because Lebanon was a hub, you know what I mean? Yeah, I and, agree. and do you think that hub is still well positioned to go back to what it was? Or is it going to change? To be honest, I think it's going to change. And this is what worries me most. I really i am at a point in my life where I really don't know what the future is holding for me, to be honest. And uh, where I will be whenever things go back to a certain type of normal, like normal, maybe yeah. new normal or something like that. I don't know where I would fit uh, then. And this is what worries me most because I really have no idea. And uh, people have changed a lot. Everyone has changed. We, we have all changed a lot. I don't know if I'm going to be, <clears throat> if I'm going to have the same energy I used to have or if it's going to change or there's a lot of things that have changed. And to be honest, this scares me. It's It's not, it's not a, it, it might sound very pessimistic, but like I'm not really, um, I, there, I cannot find any sense of hope in mm. anything. But like, I mean, Lebanon has always been this like up and down up kind of country, down. so you this, never know. This is a this is a big down. Yeah, <laughs> this exactly. Is a big no, down. No, this so is I, a I I get I get, I mean, I'm I'm also extremely pessimistic, but I don't know. I feel like. And I, I'm going to be, you know, chastised for saying this, but I feel like there is, it might not come in a year, it might not come in two years, but I think the long-term future might actually be quite bright because you, the I low, really so. the low that we hit is so astronomically fucking low. I agree. That 
I, I feel like don't say that. <laughs> no, don't. Yeah, because every, because every time, every time I say that something happens and then we get yeah, screwed again. So yeah. I'm not gonna say anything. But like, I mean, really? Like, th- is there any lower than what we You don't don't be surprised. Yeah, no, no. We don't open that book because before before I say that, it's like there can be no more lowers than the bomb happened. Before the bomb happened, we would be sitting down. We just started working on this, and Mirayan and Joe would always be like, "Of course, it's gonna. There's no way it could get worse." And we'd always say, "Bro, the country's fucked." And then. The bomb came out. Oh my god! Or so, Corona, or, or this, co- yeah. So or that, like, or let's yeah. just live each day, day by day. And all I could say is that it's a very confusing time for everybody. It everybody is my, that's, yeah. that's you that, can't even plan two months ahead. Yeah. You can't even plan yeah. two months ahead because in the next two weeks, not just in Lebanon, but from a global scale, so many things could change. So it's just, I think all of us here like to plan ahead, but it's now we have to live through short term, like short termism. Through our bro. Yeah. Each yeah. hour in itself. Yeah. Would, would you would you leave or would you? Is Honestly, that no way? Yeah, but no, not not at the moment because like the crisis is international, so I don't want to build. Like, yeah. I don't want to burn any British, bridge for yeah. <laughs> later on. Yeah. But like, and uh, to be honest, uh, I'm not gonna leave because I have to leave. I'm gonna. I want to leave be as as. Uh, um, ambitious as that might sound I want to leave because of a good opportunity mm. not because I have you don't want to force yeah. it no I don't want to force yeah. it so whenever there's time to leave I probably will but like for now I th- I mean th- there's no point of like crushing anything now to be honest and as as uh, frustrating as it might sound it um, it's not like we, we're used to this I refuse to say that we're used to this or like we have a sense of resilience or I don't care about this at all, I mean, no. Normalizing no, Yeah, but like, I mean, sometimes like taking a step back and like thinking of like pretty much everything that has happened to you and like where do you want, to, what do you want to do? Where do you want, what went wrong on other levels in your life? And reflecting on those things might help you find out like a better plan for later on. Um, which honestly to me the, the right now is the perfect time for that because nothing is going on at all yeah and, n- and nothing is clear like no one knows anything at the moment so yeah we want to thank you very much for for coming and yeah. talking to us it was very thank light and breezy very but uh, it was very cool thanks for listening please follow and subscribe on spotify and rami apple podcasts and youtube also, be sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Foda2020 to stay updated. We'd love your feedback, so please DM us on Instagram and leave your comments below. 